We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. In 1919, he hit 29 home runs and was sold to the New York Yankees. A three-run home run for Bucky Dunn. The Yankees now lead it by a score of 3-2. to Bill Lee is now going over to a couple of the Yankees, and there they go again. Tech and A-Rod going at it. Roberts is going. Masada's throw. Roberts safe. What can I say? Just dip my heart and, and call the Yankees my daddy. Welcome to Fanbase, a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports, episode 92. We head into the back half of September. The Yankees are still in first like they've been basically all season. They have six games against the Red Sox in the next couple weeks including some with Toronto, Pittsburgh, Milwaukee, and they end with Texas. Now, just a rundown of the show today, we're going to talk about the Yankees. We can talk a little bit, a little bit about the Red Sox, but things with the Red Sox are a little less relevant right now. We'll talk with Master Royce is with us today, which is phenomenal. Uh, produces the show, it produces the morning show on WTIC with me, and he was at Derek Jeter night, so we'll talk about that as well. We'll talk about the rule changes in baseball, and then we'll end with a little bit of talk on Albert Pujols. So let's talk. Let's start off with, with the Yankees, and I'll sort of leave it to the two of you. Give me your degree of confidence here. Not only by we know that, I mean, we both, all three of us sort of agree they're not some sort of front runner for the World Series, but are you, is your confidence higher now about winning the division? Well, um, on Derek Jeter night, after Derek Jeter night, the confidence was very low. Um, and I remember talk, texting you guys before that saying, what was the over-under on the runs the Yankees would score? And I put it at seven for the three-game series. Well, obviously, that was shattered um, with the final two games of that series. Which um, I think was fair, by the way, that you put seven. Yeah. I, I was they ended up scoring 20. I was right? going to go with nine because they were averaging about three runs per game over the last like right. 20 or so games. The Yankees have not been scoring runs. That's no mystery, right? But you were at the game, Matt, Friday night. And the only highlight of that game was Derek Jeter night. You know, yeah, so the game was, was it was oh, the highlights were over before <laughs> for it. It was miserable. It was really miserable between Aaron Hicks two misplays basically back to back and I think it was the fourth inning. I mean, do you something. think that was probably the lowest point of the season for the Yankees? That that night that inning and that, and that night, night? Yes. Yes. I would I, I say mean, so. Uh, Derek Jeter night was was fantastic. The pregame ceremony and everything and him talking on the field seeing his his daughters running on the field and running up to him and afterwards finding out like they were tugging on his leg on his pant leg like uh, can we get ice cream now yeah my wife and we were watching funny. that uh live and she was like those that's probably like the first time those girls have actually experienced something like that yeah. right like they, they don't know dad was a star and they don't get like that like he got like they were like drowning out everyone else when they were trying to talk afterwards like when Hal Steinbrenner was it Hal or Hal, Hal, Hal came out to talk and they were like drowning him out with Derek Jeter chance like that's something huge for those girls to experience. You could tell when they were coming out in the cart, they were like, oh, wow, well, I've had, this you know, is crazy. I, I want to get back to the original question, but one thing I would say, there's a lot of people, athletes who have said, you know, even Tom Brady said this, like it's he, part of the reason he kind of wanted to play later, one of the reasons he wanted his children to understand like who their dad 
was. And like the girls, they don't have any any clue. They're too young still even now. Right. But to hear daddy's name chanted by 50,000 people yeah. changes their perspective on the dude that promised them ice cream. You know, that's all they cared about. <laughs> but the question is, so you the, the low point might have been Friday, but then you score 20 runs and win two games decisively. And you have, uh, you know, now, I mean, again, entering Tuesday's games, you will have about a five and a half game lead. How do you feel? I mean, the difference between Friday and Saturday and Sunday for me is that John Carlos Stanton started on Saturday and Sunday. He didn't start. He pinched it in Friday night's game and I think grounded out or struck out. And having him in the lineup and having him healthy and having him hitting the ball and swinging well, I mean, the home run he hit on Sunday looked like his old. It was style. like it was a pop fly. Mm-hmm. And with him, he's so strong. He hits a fly ball, and it's going to clear the right field wall at Yankee Stadium. Yeah, he's obviously like the piece of the puzzle for the Yankees if, as far as players that are on the field now. You can talk all you want about Bader and all these guys coming back, but as far as guys that are on the field now for the Yankees that, are, that you can count on down the stretch, he is probably the biggest piece of the puzzle because we know Judge is going to hit. But if, 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 if he's not there behind him in that lineup producing, Judge is not going to see the pitches. We know that. And he, he probably could still break the record, uh, the American League record, but... You know, Stanton is the huge piece of the puzzle, and I can't totally speak for you, Matt. But like, what I saw was like the Yankees kind of staved off the zombies a little bit, right? Like the zombies were knocking on the door, and they kind of beat them back a little bit because they it could have gotten ugly. But you know, with the, with the lead in the East, but what scares me is the six games they got coming up against the Sox, and we all know the Yankees and the Red Sox don't like each other, and it would be great. Do you for really the Sox. think that the Sox will rise to the occasion? Because I find it difficult. Well, what do they got to play for, right? They got to play for sticking it to the Yankees, and they can legit yeah. stick it to the Yankees. They can I, knock the Yankees out of contention. Truly, when you nobody think about loves it. doing that more than Alex Cora as he's. Expressing. I don't want I tr- it to happen, I, obviously. I, I, I try to, well, I try to determine, especially when you have a bad team that only has seemingly a couple guys that really care about. Like Everyone wants to advance their career, but I don't see this as a Red Sox team that collectively is like, let's stick it to the Yankees. But you think Cora can get that message home. Absolutely. They're at the end of September in a lost season where the team could change significantly in what the offseason. What better way to save your season than to stick in it to the evil empire? I, I mean, just, you cannot tell me for a minute that that is not going to be coursing through their veins over the next. Six I don't. Years. That's what I'm saying. And, I don't and, know that. I and don't. The Red Sox know. have you the best opportunity. Yeah. They have the best opportunity because they play them the most over the next what remaining 20 games. So six of them. Yeah. So I mean, I hope it doesn't happen. But listen, the, the Red Sox are not going to roll over and play dead against the Yankees. We know that. That has never happened in history. Do we know that? It's you, never happened in history. I just feel like the the the, the season's lost, and maybe they will roll over if I, the Yankees collapse. And we've seen it falling apart, right? If they collapse, what better team to say that we drilled the nail into the coffin? I, no, I understand the storyline, and it's true, but I just feel like this Sox team is pretty listless. Yeah, well, I, mean, I, I sure as hell hope so, man, because yeah. the Yankees have got like one freaking life left on the cat scale, man. It ain't much. By all means, I hope the Sox roll over for six games. I mean, that would be fantastic for Yankee fans and for the Yankees. I mean, the but other, you are. You're both legitimately nervous about it. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. 100%. Just because the Yankees scored 20 runs in the last couple of games does not mean that the Yankees are going to score 20 runs in the next two games, all right? Like, it's after it scares me, dude. Playing the Red Sox always scares me because they always rise to the occasion. And six games against the Red Sox when your lead is that small really scares me. So interesting. It I, really. The other thing that helps, though, is the, is, is the Rays 
have got a damn gauntlet going out. I mean, they got to play the Blue Jays, they got to play the Astros. They have not got an easy yeah. schedule, so they are going to get beat up on. So the Yankees have got to play good ball, obviously, but the Red Sox scare me. They do. They really. Well, it's do. funny. What if the Red Sox play the Yankees tough and then roll over? For the Rays, the last three games of the season, because the Red Sox can play it both ways. They could they could really help the Yankees too. Yeah, because they finished the season. The Rays finished the season <laughs> in in Boston. You got a better chance of Tony Larusa coming back to manage than that. Ho, happening. ho, ho! <laughs> we got to kick a man. When I he's just down. don't. I just don't see the Sox rolling over no. anyway. I mean, it's different from you know a sport where you're having like higher draft picks or something like that. Uh, you know the Red Sox aren't going to roll over. They're they're going to look to win every single game. I well, think. I mean, I honestly, you know, I don't I don't wish my friends to have um, bad days or anything like that. But I think the fascinating conversation was if the Yankees somehow slipped to the wild card and then had an early exit from the playoffs. I'm really interested to see what they do because I'd be interested to see if Cashman survives. If I would survive, I think he would. I don't think he would. I think he's his lives are up too. He's been he's, there forever. He, I mean, I I would have thought he'd be gone already. Yeah. So I mean, I I don't know. I just don't know. Well, listen, last year, you know, they they'll, they'll blame it on injuries and stuff, but last year you didn't have a 15 or 16 game lead, right? If you collapse on that, I mean, there there that's like Hardcore evidence. That's like the DNA sample I in the know, corner. It just seems like he's you know? unfireable. I, I don't know. It, it, it just the way some people think the core is unfireable, but now you hear he and Heim Bloom don't necessarily. <laughs> I mean, you heard it from Yankee fans on Friday night when Derek Jeter mentioned Brian Cashman. You got game. booed pretty booed. hard. Fifty thousand yeah. people booed, and Jeter laughed it off. But obviously, he has history with Brian Cashman himself. Uh, you know, so uh, he even said he's like, "Wow, you guys are in postseason form." And Hal Steinbrenner comes out with a two hundred and twenty-two thousand dollar two hundred and $22 check. And gets booed. And gets booed. Handing it over to Derek Jeter for his turn two foundation. I I can't. I mean, New York fans are brutal. Let's get that right. But True. That, that's, that's. I harsh. don't think it's so much like they're not looking at the injuries. What, what they're looking at is literally like the trading deadline debacle that was the Yankees, yep. right? Yeah. Like the Jordan that, Montgomery that, thing. That, yeah. That's going to hang over the Yankees forever. And the only way that's going to go away is if Harrison Bader comes back like he supposedly is going to and, and blows up in the playoffs. That's the only way that's going to disappear. Mm. And, and like, if you look at the Yankees' trading deadline, was garbage. I, it really I, was. So I've told far, people I have cannot remember a time that a trade deadline has backfired on a team the way it backfired on the Yankees this year. Yep. And injuries happen to every team. Everybody's dealing. H- here's with it. the last thing before we move on to the rules, because Jeter, you said to me earlier on on our WTIC show that Jeter said pretty soon I'll be hanging around here a lot more. He said, I'm looking forward to hanging around here a lot more, and you guys will be seeing me a lot more yeah. often t- towards that. The next general manager it, it, of the New York well, Yankees? If they can, my point is, if they canned Cashman, would they give— Because the job isn't really GM anymore. As we saw with the Red Sox, you do a, like a president of baseball operations yeah, and hit, hire a GM below him. So Jeter would, could be the head of baseball operations and what have better, some— What better face for the Yankees? You think maybe that's what he's referring to? I'm, I, I would love it in a sense, but hate it in another sense because because then at some point you're gonna have to hate him too. Gonna yeah. come have the. It's yeah. always gonna come a day where you're gonna say I have to fire Derek Jeter. Yeah, and yeah. That, or he just leaves because you know you don't get if you're Derek Jeter. You don't get fired. I mean, yeah, well, the same thing happened with the Marlins, right? Yeah, he <laughs> yeah, just leaves. Like, I'm out. It, it makes it makes for a great storyline, right? And it makes for good publicity. It makes for great TV. But it also makes sense. The guy knows baseball. Yeah. He's been in the front office before. Does he want to work that hard, Yankees. though? That's the sense I got in Florida is that with the effort it takes to be good takes a lot of work. He's got all the money in the world. He's got young kids at home. Like, 
why would you want to work that hard? I mean, I, maybe I'm being cynical because my mindset is like, I don't want to work that hard either. But I mean, I, I don't know. Because that job, if you take the Yankee job, even if you're not the actual GM, your your life is to win a championship. Oh, absolutely. And that, that, takes, days that takes a lot of sleepless yeah. nights. So Those comments are interesting, though. I mean, that's the one main thing I took yeah. away from that whole that whole thing. A hundred percent. I didn't even know. I got I, excited. I was like, did you hear what he just said? I, I, did you hear I, what he just and, said? And the section I was in, too, fans were looking at each other like, what's did he just gonna, say that? Like, huh? <laughs> like, what's going on? And the, I mean, like I said before, the history between him and Brian Cashman, if Cashman gets canned and he comes in, it's kind of poetic. Well, because he screwed him on some contracts? He basically told him, you go go elsewhere, see if someone will pay you when he became a free agent. And, and he told it, him he'd rather have, was it, Edwin Encarnacion? Yeah. Like well, besides that bullcrap, I mean, it's like to me, that's Jeter, that's what they're going to say to Bogarts. Right? I mean, because it's like Jeter's worth more to the Yankees than he was to any other team. Yeah. I mean, he was a great baseball player, but like the stat sheet doesn't produce the impact necessarily. You know, he didn't hit for power. And, you know, I, I, I don't know. It, 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 it's an interesting thing because it makes me think of Bogarts. Because, like, if Xander, if you listen, we'll pay you X. If you can go get Y, good for you. And that's my, what might happen with Bogarts. Listen, this is Fan Base, a deep driver into the greatest rivalry in sports, episode 92. John Senecal, Matt Soroy, Brian Shackman here. Okay, the rules. I, you know, we talked about, you know, basically there's the the pitch clock, the shift, the bases, and the mound thing, right? Those are the those are the rules, right? Yeah, and throwing so, over. So the pitch clock thing, to me, the big base, they'll deal with that just fine. Uh, to me, the pitch clock thing is going to be the issue, and the shift. I don't understand. It's a modified shift ban. Yeah, you can't. The outfielders now, the outfielders can still shift. The infielders can't shift. They have to be on both sides of the bag and on the infield dirt as the pitch is thrown, not as the pitch crosses the plate. It's kind of so they can move once the once pitch the pitch is, is thrown. Who determines that? Does that go to replay? But it, the key here is, though, it doesn't say anything about the outfielders. Think about that. So you could put them in the sh- – so these bean counters might put the – if they can't do – Move the left fielder or to move the right center, center fielder, fielder up to the – or move the center fielder up to the to the, to the gap yep. behind second Absolutely. base. I think, I think you're going to see that happening right out the gates. Right out the gates, I think you'll see that happening. Mm. That's interesting. I, didn't, I did not know that at all. That That's – that's an interesting take. I mean, it'll be if you can't hit the ball to the left side, you can't hit the ball to the left side that's, in the outfield that's either. Why, like I was against banning the shift to begin with because I'm in the same sense that you should just try harder. Like, like right, modify I, I your game. I don't understand like how there's one guy on the, on the left side of the field and you can't. I honestly, I, I know people say you can't aim where the ball goes, but in a sense, you can. If you're good enough, you can slap it the other way. I yeah. mean, Etro. And why is it always the left-handed hitters that it affects? Yeah. <laughs> you ever yeah, notice that? I know. It's true. The big shift is usually with those guys. It's like always the left-handers. And maybe it's because they face so much right-handed pitching they can get out in front better. I don't know. But I, I, I go I go both ways. I hate the shift because, I mean, I see hits all the time. And with, part of the joy of baseball is that you can hit the ball really poorly and get a base hit. Mm-hmm. And then you hit it on the screws and you're out. I mean, it's just, But how many it's times does it hit on the screws game. right to that dude that's shifted? A like lot. Literally, especially a lot, with all the analytics. A lot. Now. And that kind of bums me out for the hitter, to yeah. be quite honest. And so I, I don't like it. And I also don't like the, the trajectory of the game, right? So it's it's hard to say, oh, we're just going to block all technology out and keep the game frozen in 1942. But um, so I, I'm willing to experiment with it. But your point is a bigger point, John, which is. They're going to f- pursue loopholes, and with that, they're going to do m- more shift. There's going to be 
they ban that shift, but they're not banning shifting. Right. So they'll just find another way to get that advantage. And so in some ways it doesn't attack the Or you're going to see guys like literally sprinting out to positions as the pitch is thrown. Yeah. Or you know, the, like the infielders like ready to sprint back the second baseman or the guys right behind the shortstop, the second base bag looking to run to or right. Or are you going to eventually see perforated lines in the field that show you the zones that each player can <laughs> It's going to be like a video game. In. You have to start no. in a circle. I mean, I could see that. Like all players have to start in these zones yeah. before the pitch is thrown. So and it gets the so it get it gets really stupid. So Mike, so the shift we're not sure about. You already think there's going to be workarounds. Are there any other changes to the rules that either you like or concern you? The the pitch clock is interesting. Me a lot. I mean, fifteen seconds is like you're you're throwing the ball from the catcher to the pitcher. And that's with nobody and on. You got You got to get going. You think yeah. Scherzer's going to do that? Well, the other thing you got to look at too here is that they're also saying that if you're not in the box with eight seconds to go, or you're not, or you throw over to first twice and then you don't, and you throw over a third time and don't get them, it's a balk. If you're not in the box, it's a strike. They can call a strike on you. So. That's. I don't think that's going to happen right out of the gates, but that seems very interesting how that's going to go down. We had Tim Restall on, who's the the president of the Harvard Yard Goats, the AA affiliate of the, the the Rockies. We had him on my my Monday through Friday show on WTIC, and he basically said in the minors they have a, a few hiccups on at the beginning of it, then everyone figures it out. But I think the majors major leagues are totally different because you have a third of the league did not play in the minors with any of these rules, right? And honestly, there's a hierarchy with with the umpires, and I don't think the umpires have the guts. And so I think they're going to have to really have to pump up the umpires to have the guts to say to like a Max Scherzer, yeah, I'm penalizing you a strike, or this is this. He's going to go bananas. Yeah, I just don't yeah. understand how it's it's going to be enforced and and be like and not be arbitrary. You know, it's like. Well, this was eight seconds, but I looked at the clock, and this guy was at seven seconds. Either you go by the book, either you go by the book, or it's a disaster, right? Or is there going to be like someone sitting there with a red, like a button that all of a sudden it goes red, and you've you've made a violation, and automatically, bing, it comes up, strike. And then the guy's in his windup, and now all of a sudden you got a strike on you. I just don't, I don't know. I don't see how it's going to be be able to be that quick. I mean, the pitch comp thing is one thing, right? But when it's when it's something that's in motion like that, I don't, I don't know. It's going to be. I don't see how it's going to speed up the game, to be honest with you, because if it's not a enforced and like if the pitchers take too long, well, it has to be enforced. That's the whole key. Yeah, it's just it's weird to me. I'm interested to see how it plays out. Yes, but I think 15 and 20 seconds is not too too fast time at all. It's too fast. Especially, I mean, especially in pressure situations. But people will argue, right? Like a pitcher gets up there and has 15 seconds, right? Say, say there's a guy on, you got 20 seconds, second and third, whatever, big pressure situation. The guy hitting, right? Once he gets in that box and that pitch is released, only has like a half of a second, a fraction of yeah. a second to decide. Well, that guy just had 20 seconds to decide what pitch he wanted to throw. So where's the advantage there? Hmm. With the new technology. It, your point too. is, I'm sorry to interrupt. Your point is that it, it's going to make for more hitting. I, I think I think there's gonna be crappier there's gonna be crappier pitches. So yeah. There's gonna be more to hit. Yeah, I think it, and I think it rattles like you said the pitchers that have been in the league that haven't come through the minors because we all know these guys in the minors adapt. I mean we've been to the games. You see it. They're not violating yep. it. They really aren't. It's, it goes quick. So yeah, it's, I don't even notice it. No, no, you don't. Do you notice yeah. it? No. What are you gonna say? I'm sorry. Uh, the, with the new technology that the pitchers and catchers have too, where they press the button and it goes in their ear. And everything. Sometimes that gets faulty, and they yep. can't hear like what's going on. If the crowd's too loud, or if the thing is malfunctioning on them, and they can't hear. So, I mean, that could be your 15 seconds right there, and you're screwed. Yeah, there's going to have to be something, you know, like with with 
equipment malfunctions and that there's gonna have they're gonna have to have workarounds. I it's just, not gonna be that smooth. I don't think no, out the I, gate. And I think that the the umpire player relationship, you got a player who's making fifty million dollars a year yeah. and you're docking him a strike when hitting is like what he does. And I, I think that it, it it the umpires, I feel bad for the umpires because A, it's a crappy job anyway. Like I don't know why anyone wants to do it. Now you have to say to somebody that they're getting docked a strike, and that person is like, "This is my livelihood." It's a, it's a massive learning curve, yeah. Especially for a guy like Angel Hernandez, who can't umpire anyway. Yeah, <laughs> uh, like uh, to have him learn all that and like have him have that on his shoulders. And, and any umpire, I'm just picking on Angel Hernandez, but well, they probably have to automate it, like you said. Yeah. Like it might yeah. have to be some sort of automation and get them to make sure they check it because. Maybe they'll try to take some of the pressure off of the umpires. Yeah, you also, you don't. You also like you said, Brian. You don't want to like increase the animosity between the players and the umps. Like it's already like it's already it's high there. enough, right? Yeah. Like we just saw over the weekend with Rocco Baldelli asking Ted Barrett to check a guy's hair for pitching, and he's out there stroking the dude's hair on the mound. Like, right. where does that cross the line? You know what I <laughs> that mean? Was like weird. It's just creepy. weird, right? And yeah. then you saw earlier in the season when the, the umpire was stroking Bumgarner's hand, just being weird. So it's like that was weird, but like it's. Where do you cross the line? Like the umpires can be only do so much. They can't be out there jamming their hands down people's pants and frisking them like cops, right? Eventually, that's going to come to because no, but it's like it's like naked gun, right? They all find workarounds, right? Like if you have a substance on the back of your head, who's to say you can't have some rubbing alcohol on your pants and rub your hand on your pants rubbing alcohol and it wipes it off? Yeah. Like these guys are not idiots, dude. Like as long as you're in the minors working on things for making the game faster, you're working on ways to cheat the system. All right. If you're not injecting it into your arm, you're sticking it behind your ear. sticking it somewhere they're gonna do it right they're gonna some of them don't do it most of them probably do my final takeaway is maybe they needed to do this stuff in the minors for x amount of years and then put it in so then everyone in the bigs would have had some exposure i don't know i just feel like it's going to be such a shock to the system for a third of that's a long way to wait when you got guys like Pujols in the majors okay so let's (laughs) let's let's segue to that two years later the rule changes he's he's john senecal i'm brian chackman (laughs) along with matt saroys this is fan base a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports i was it on the podcast that i talked about that like i feel like I'm not accusing of PEDs, but it's no. You haven't you haven't officially went out there and accused him of juicing yet. No, no, no I'm not. I'm not. And, and <laughs> Everything he, was offline, and he still has to to hit the baseball. And I'm not saying I know anything, and I'm not accusing anybody. Not sending the testers to the St. Louis clubhouse, but it is it is weird how well he's hitting now. I think so he's Pujols, just a good ball going player into this that week, wants a breaker record. He's got 697 home runs. He needs like going into Monday. He's got 21 games to hit three, and. You can say that, but he's 42 years old. Allegedly. Allegedly. And <laughs> he's 56. History tells you like that, that, this is, that this is weird. And I'm not, say, I'm, not even, I'm not saying he is or isn't. I'm just saying that to be playing this well after being so average for probably the last five to six years. Right? I mean, he's been average. No, he also was on the Angels the last five or six years. Mm. So we also didn't get as much chance to play, even though they had a DH, but you know they had to put Shohei in. That's exactly what I was going to say. So it's I don't think he's had as much as at bats. I don't think he's been on such an energized team. I think he's just like I think he's just found an extra gear. Like he's a great player. Dude. He is. He's a fantastic player, and I think the advantage that they changed the rules and had a universal DH and NL now has sure. allowed him to just. To just do hit, he, does he could come back next year and play full time and hit twenty home runs, guaranteed. I think so, 
Guaranteed. He's too good of a hitter not to. If that's all you got to do, I'm, I say that's all you got to do. Like it's like, not, but if, you, if that's all you got to do is go out there and just swing the bat, right, one, four times a game, and you're a major league player and you've been doing it for 20 years, as long as you're not injured, you should be able to do it. And I've said to Brian too, like all of his home runs as of late too have been meaningful home runs. Uh, yeah. Like that this past weekend. I mean, know, the team they, is they in a race. Yeah, they, not... they weren't scoring at all. And in the ninth inning, they exploded for four runs, two of them off of his two-run homer. And and it's meaningful meaningful home runs. It's not just hitting dingers, yeah. it's just hitting dingers. You know? So I got a question. How does it end for Albert Pujols? How does it all play out? Well, that's well. first of all— What's your thought? Well, he gets I, pinched for TEDs the day after he hits the home No, run. no, no. <laughs> well, I'm wondering—I feel like he's going to do it. Yeah. I feel like he's going to hit three more. And— but then the, the the other question is if he doesn't if he gets six ninety nine does he come back for another season? Says he's not. Since what you said is perfectly plausible, if you could pay ten million bucks to hit four times a game and you don't have to field, why not? Or why not sign for a million and hit your dinger like Crash Davis then go home? Yeah. I don't know. But to answer your question, we can go around the horn. I think he's going to hit it. Matt? I think he's going to finish with like seven oh three or seven oh four because I mean. The Cardinals are obviously going to make the playoffs. Yeah, you know, so he'll have at least one series to uh, to to get it done again. So I, I think he's probably got five or six more in him. Wow. Yeah, I I wanted it for him to be a little bit further away at this point because I want him to hit a walk off on the last game of the season in October, which yeah. would have been awesome. Um, but I do I think he's going to hit like five more in the regular season. Yeah, I think he I think he'll I think he'll hit five more. I think he'll right now. There's what 17, 17 games. I left? think he's got around twenty. Yeah, yeah 20. I think it's twenty or twenty one. Yeah, but he's got to hit one every seven games. That's he, not too hard. But he's got to get the at bats too. He's gonna now because I think the lead is like eight. Yeah, so he I, should do it. Like as as Judge should do it too. But I think Albert will see more pitches than Judge, which all goes back to Stanton. So. <laughs> right, if Stanton hits, the Judge will get pitches. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Absolutely. And hopefully Rizzo's back, too. So, so you say yes, 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 and yes. I think they need Carpenter back, too, but I don't. Know, we haven't seen any updates on him, either. No, I think he's a little bit further away. I'm than... super into the Yankees imploding. I just well, you can do you. it. The Red Sox can do <laughs> it. So. I, I, it's a storyline I'm very much into, and not just because I hate the Yankees, but mainly because I hate the Yankees. Well, it's literally become laughable. Like that game with Aaron Hicks just was like the most chicks thing he's ever done in his life. <laughs> like we have like a joke when my friends will text each other and be like, "That might have been the most chicks thing ever." And like the thing he did in left field. Well, look, yeah. this was like months ago, and then all of a sudden, like on that game in left field, I'm like, "I stand corrected. That is the most <laughs> chicks thing he's ever done." It's just incredible to see. Him make those two plays live, and I was sitting there, I was like, "What is going on?" The fans booing him, oh, it's awful. and then he comes out. The inning's over, and then Esteban Florial runs in for the next inning. I was like, "I think that was for his safety." Yeah, interesting. That's baseball, though. It's like I don't care what level you are at. If you're messing up, dude, the ball fires you. It's like a homing yeah. device. I mean, they showed Aaron Boone up on the base screen too, and his face was just befuddled. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is made their major league baseball players. Matt, thanks for sitting in. Absolutely, thank you. Love it, Matt Royce. John Senecal, Brian Shackman. This has been Fanbase, a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.